Greetings. My brothers and sisters, may the grace and shalom of our Lord Jesus Christ be upon you all this this morning. You may have heard of me. I go by Bartholomew. Some call me Nathaniel. I'm one of our Lord's disciples, and today I wish to share with you one of the stories of our travels with Jesus. You may remember that we had been up by the great sea at Tyre and Sidon. This is the area where the woman's daughter had been healed. And we made our way back to the Sea of Galilee, making a stop in Capernaum to pick up Simon's boat so that we could cross over to the eastern shore. We were heading to a place, an area, known as the Decapolis, ten Gentile cities. We were going to be still within the realm of Israel, reaching out to the lost sheep. This is about a day's walk south of where we had the feeding of the 5,000 men with the women and children. This is also the area where we read about the deaf and mute man who was healed. So we are now in this area very close to the Gentiles, reaching out to the Jews. And Jesus, after healing this man, started having more and more people show up. Parents bringing their children, children bringing their older parents a few other people, the lame, the sick, whoever could get close to Jesus so that he could touch them and heal them. And because he is our great teacher, he could not help but also teach as he healed. But we began to realize very quickly that there were many people coming. So we were about a half day's walk from the sea and we went up to the top of a mountain in that area. And so you have an idea, it is a lot like your Glassford Hill. It is not too big, but big enough that we could fit thousands of people. But it's also kind of dry. Not a lot of grass, not a lot of trees. And there we were for three days, organizing the people so that Jesus could touch them. And hold them. And heal them. After we were there for three days, doing all of this healing and shuttling people over here and over here, we disciples forgot to eat, so we were getting hungry. But we also saw Jesus show his compassion when we see these 4,000 men, women, children. And he says, I have compassion on the crowd. They have now been with me three days. They have nothing to eat. Some of them have come from nearby towns, but we are at least a day's walk away. Some have come from even further and they might faint 
on the way. So we talked amongst ourselves. Sure, a few weeks ago he fed 5,000 men. Would he really do the same thing twice? So we said to him, how can anyone feed so many people with bread when we are so far away from anything in the middle of the wilderness? Jesus let out a sigh. That sigh of a parent who has asked their child five times to sit down at the table. Please just take one bite. The sigh of the one who, trust me, you're going to like this. And so with a chuckle, he asked us, how many loaves do you have? Seven. We were a little ashamed of ourselves. Why are we doubting Jesus again? We have been following him for two years. How many times have we seen him do things? But we could see that twinkle in his eye. We remembered what happened last time with the 5,000. So we started organizing all of the groups to sit down. Some over here, some over here, some over here. As Jesus took the loaves and blessed them. And started breaking them and somebody brought him some fish and he started blessing them and passing them out. And as we were taking them to all of these people, we were still hungry. And here's all these people eating. But when we were done feeding everybody, we ourselves picked up another seven baskets full of bread and fish. We were able to also eat our fill, but we also learned a lesson from before. So we all started making sure we were sticking some loaves of bread into our pockets so that we could have them for later. And we were tired, but Jesus said, come, let us go now. So we head back to the sea and we climb in the boat. Our plan was to head over to Dalmanutha. And when we got there, Simon and Andrew and James and John and Philip would go out and they would catch some fish, take them back into the area to have them treated so that we could have preserves for a while while the rest of us would go and buy more bread so that we would be ready for the next leg of our trip. But then we got to the eastern shore or the western shore. Those Pharisees were back at it. It's as if they had been keeping an eye out for us because a bunch of the Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes and teachers were there waiting for us. But we knew this time was different than all of the other times. Because before, Jesus, why do you let your disciples Jesus, how come your disciples don't? How come you're letting these people know this time they come straight up to him? You. 
We want proof. You claim you're the Messiah. You are the Son of God. We want undeniable proof right now. Give us a sign from heaven. Prove you're who you say you are. And Jesus, maybe you know this, he sighed again. It was the sigh of a man coming back from the market who gets stopped by the tax man who says, you still owe and takes every last dollar so that that man now has to lie. It's the sigh of a fisherman like Simon who goes out all night doesn't catch a single thing pulling his boat ashore in the morning. It's the sigh of a man dealing with people who know better and still refuse to see. It is a sigh full of pain and sorrow And I know I would have just, who do you think you are? Jesus. I think he went on a rant. You think you are so wise. You think you are so smart. You who claim to know the scriptures. You can tell what the weather is going to be by looking at the evening sky or the morning sky. But you can't even see what's happening right in front of your face. So no, no sign will be given to this generation. Except that of Jonah. For as Jonah was three days in the belly of the fish, so too the Son of Man will spend three days in the earth, but he will rise again. We got right back in the boat. We were on the shore maybe ten minutes, and we start heading out. We're heading back for Bethsaida. This is where the feeding of the 5,000 had been. And as we're in the middle of the lake, we begin to realize we got distracted by the argument. We never got food. So we quickly scramble around. We check our pockets. We check our bags. How much do we have? Do we have anything? We only have one loaf. We forgot to get stuff. We have another night on the boat 
Okay, we'll just get more when we get there. We can get more bread. It's okay. When Jesus suddenly said, watch out. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Herodians. We were ashamed again because we were pretty sure Jesus was saying, can't believe you forgot the bread. What's your problem? Because, I mean, we had one job, get food, grab more bread. And now he's telling us, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. We're doing the same thing as them. We're not doing our job. How could we be more interested in a conversation? When Jesus lets out another sigh. Why are you still talking? about how much bread you have. Do you still not perceive or understand? Are your hearts still so hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? Don't you remember? When I broke the five loaves of bread for the 5,000, how many baskets full of bread did you pick up? Twelve. In the five pieces, with the 5,000, how many basketfuls of bread did you get? Seven. Do you not yet understand? We see it now. This all happened a few years ago. But now we get it. The Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, the teachers of the law, the Herodians, our government leaders, they're so focused on retaining their power. They're so focused on maintaining their laws, their traditions. And when they see something that doesn't fit their expectations, what they believe to be right. They refuse to see it. But how have we been any better? Even after two years, we're still looking for our general, for our king, who will come in and push out a government we hate who will restore true worship in the temple. 
Why couldn't we pay attention to our own ideas and misunderstandings and see we had the truth right in front of us? Why did we let our ideas get in the way? Why were we still seeing the Messiah we dreamed up? What was Jesus showing us? He is God. He is in control of all things. There is nothing outside of his power. He controls all of nature. He heals what medicine and doctors are unable to. To heal, he takes physical things and impossibly spreads them out to multitudes. How can you take a loaf of bread and feed a crowd? He is the God who is able to do all these impossible things. Things. And he loves. He shows compassion on all of the people focusing on their own desires, their own ideas, their own fears. He takes time to listen, to touch. To hold, to feed. Jesus may have gotten tired in his physical body, but he's reminding us that he is the inexhaustible God who loves us even through our sin and our conceit and our own confusion. What has Jesus shown us? Remember those 12 baskets? Growing up in Israel, we all have to learn the Torah. We have to memorize the five books of Moses. And none of us saw this in the moment. You see... God remembers his promises. And in the book of Numbers, right after the priestly blessing, it is time to consecrate the new tabernacle, the temporary home for the Holy Spirit, while in the wilderness until hundreds of years later, a permanent temple can be built. And what do the people bring? The 12 leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel bring the normal sacrifices Blood is shed, but they also bring their silver bowls full, bowls full of the grain offering, the stuff to make bread. They brought 12 bowls of bread to consecrate God's tabernacle. And Jesus is now saying, men have brought me my offerings before, but now 
I, your great God, your provider, have provided the offering. I am consecrating the earthly tabernacle. For we live in these temporary bodies until Christ returns. So here he is saying, yes, I have fulfilled all of the promises that I made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, and David. I am your provision. I am the promise keeper. Jesus showed us that he has provided for all of Israel. So we should be ready for him to provide more than we can imagine. Remember the seven baskets of bread. Jesus showed us not only his provision, but his compassion and his power and his grace and his love is complete. Not just for Israel. Because remember, we just came from healing the daughter of a Gentile woman. We were just eating on the edge of Gentile lands. Seven, that number of completion, the number of perfection. This is not just for Israel. We now see that God's love and provision extends to everybody, to all people, completely. Jesus has come to those who reject him. Those who misunderstand him, those who have refused him. And he has shown us the truth of who he is. He is God. He loves his creation. And he provides for his creation. He is not only creator, he is sustainer. All things are held together in Christ. He has established his living temple on the earth to bring that good news to all people. And the cornerstone of that living temple is himself. The giver of bread is our bread of life that was broken for our sinful rebellion, rejection, and refusals. He gave himself up to die on a cross, being held there by our sin, so that he could be the sacrifice that was needed to consecrate his living temple with that sprinkling of blood, that sprinkling of blood that cleanses us of our sins and consecrates our lives so that we too can obey. 
He has fully consecrated our lives completely. He was the first stone to be laid, and now we go into this world and we lay down our own lives for the same reason, to show this world God has provided for us. He has compassion on us. He has made a way to eternal life for us completely. And we invite others to come in with that same compassion and love. So we may sigh in the pains of this life with its struggles and its people. But in Christ, we find that sigh of relief. He has taken compassion on us and taken the burden of sin and death and the need to do, to prove. He has given us his love. It does not mean he takes all the pain away in this life. But we have a hope that upon his return, he will wipe away every tear. He will take away every pain. All of our burdens will finally be gone as he finally, fully, completely establishes his temple on earth, never to move, always to be dwelt in by the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He has given us everything only we will believe and receive it. Pray with me. Our gracious and loving Father, You have shown us your compassion and your love in the midst of all of our rebellion, our complaining, shaking our fists at you, thinking we know better than you. You still came to us. You sent your son right into the midst of all of it. You gave us your compassion, your grace, your love, and you offer us your peace. So we pray now that by your Holy Spirit, you remind us of all of your promises. You remind us of your faithfulness. You remind us you are the God who provides for us. 
You are the God who gives us compassion and love and grace. So empower us now to go out into this world, to lay down our lives like Jesus, to show the world there is a God who can meet all of our needs completely. We know we will fail, but we know we can trust you to sustain us, to empower us. You don't want to give us enough power to just get by. You want us to boldly proclaim your truth to this world, that the Son of God has come. He has died for our sins, but he has risen again. So we do not want to leave this place today and forget your words. We don't want to leave this place today and forget your promises. We want to leave here knowing we are empowered by the God of creation. We are empowered by the God who died for us to change this world, to show the God who provides to show the God of love and compassion to a lost and hurting world, to show grace to a confused world. And we need your help to remember these promises are true if we just believe you and receive your promises. Thank you that you are our provider that you give us all things. And just as we received baskets, as some baskets soon pass amongst the people, receive our offerings to you, Lord. We are only giving back what you have given to us, so we gratefully thank you. May our gifts empower your kingdom lift up your local church, and spread the global church. And may we always remember that it is you we follow. It is you who empowers us. It is you who does all things well. We thank you again for your love, your grace, your peace, and your compassion, all of which were offered through your Son, Jesus Christ, our living hope, who will be coming again. Amen.